Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Success in Accounting. Sponsored by Dext. With Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Hey, it's Rob Brown here at the International Accounting Forum and Awards at the Waldorf Hotel in London. It's 2022. It's a collection of the good and the great. I'm thrilled to have with me today, Leanne Giatti from Consolidator. Hi, Leanne. Hi, Rob. Nice to be here. It's really good to see you too. And you were here last year as well. Is it living up to expectations for you? It is. It's been a really good set of speeches and content. It's been really interesting, actually, and some really good conversations, actually, in the breakouts as well. And you've become a really strong partner with the International Accounting Bulletin and Global Data here. So why do you come here? We're really keen on sort of expanding Consolidator from the Nordics out into the UK. And we find this is a really great place to talk to some sort of senior people within practice. And also just to hear what other people are talking about and the type of content and what's interesting to the audience and what they want to be speaking about as well. So for people who don't know, what exactly do Consolidator do? Um, so we provide a piece of software called Consolidator, um, which is financial consolidation. So it's a mid-tier SaaS product, which allows you to do a group consolidation. How competitive are things in the space that you're in? Um, there is competition. I mean, it tends to fall into people doing consolidation within the ERP or sometimes the BI tools or the tier ones. But actually in the mid-tier, I would say it's, you know, it's a mid-level of competition. It's not as competitive as the ERP space, definitely not. And what do accounting firms perhaps miss or overlook or get wrong when it comes to consolidation? I think it's the last part in the process in terms of your month end. So you, you've closed down, in your ERP, you've closed down your accounting, your books, and you're doing your reporting. And the natural thing for an accountant to do is we'll manage in Excel. So we build a big Excel spreadsheet and we'll run the consolidation and we'll model through with the eliminations and the intercompany. Um, so it's often a, it's such a niche part of the process that it, it ends up in Excel. And so they forget that there are solutions out there to service those mid-tier clients who maybe don't want to purchase a tier one application, a full you know, financial planning analysis tool. They want something in the middle to just do proper consolidation. The downsides of sticking with Excel. We got to love Excel. I, yeah. I mean, I love Excel. I, I, you know, I do work in Excel and it's got, it, it's got a huge part in a finance ecosystem. But when you start to do big, complex calculations and technical accounting in Excel, it falls over, there's human error, and it's just unmanageable, and it shouldn't be done. It, it should be used to present data, not try and produce lots of information. So when you talk to accountants, Leanne, and I know you talk to a lot of them, do you find it hard to drag them forward and get them to make the changes they need to, or do they always follow you along for the journey? I think we've kind of got two different types of accountants, the ones that are very digitally minded and they want to embrace the new technology and they want to engage with us and drive our product forward which is really refreshing there are still some that are quite happy to sit in excel it's a bit like a comfort blanket isn't it you've used it for years you know how it works why change um, and those are a little bit harder to convert over to a, a digital solution and when you're talking to accounting firms about making strategic decisions i guess they're very good at sitting down with a piece of software platform or a tool and buying it but they don't often think 
of a more holistic way of joining it all together strategically, do they? Exactly, and, and that's what I was talking about very much today about building your digital ecosystem. You need to think of it like a jigsaw puzzle. So I'm focused in one area, so I'm gonna build that little area. Don't just put one piece in, put several pieces in so you can see that part of the picture and then move on. And I think some of the more forward-thinking firms are starting to really engage with that type of thinking um, in their firms. You did a talk earlier, didn't you? I did. What was the title of that? Um, it was Citizen Technologist or Not. It was very much about how we're sort of moving away from these one-size-fits-all into these like really powerful digital ecosystems. But really the takeaway was that you need to think about people, technology and process, the three things go together so holistically that that's how you need to think. And how good are accountants in thinking in different ways? Um, they are, I mean accountants are really clever people and I, and I think sometimes we, we put them in a box and we think they think numbers. I, I don't think that's true of the profession today, I think they're very good at thinking wider and broader and they've got a very unique skill set. Um, which allows them to be very analytical. So I've always been really impressed with accountants' ability to think outside of a, a very defined process. So if we were talking here in two years' time, Leanne, what do you think would be on the agenda of accountants? Are things going to change that much? Um, I think there's some sort of really new themes coming through. I think the rise of this kind of business technologist, citizen technologist is going to happen rapidly over the next two years. This is, you know, decentralized IT staff working out in the business, you know, looking at solving problems using tech. I'm really excited about the no code movement. I think especially in practice where you can start to program your APIs and how they all work together. I think we're going to be talking about a lot more on that side of the scale. It is exciting. It sounds like you've got an appetite for the fight ahead. I have. <laughs> and what excites you most about Consolidator and what you're doing over the next few years? Um, I love things that solve one problem and it just solves one problem. There are many providers out there that say, we'll do everything. Yeah, I mean, so I love being able to be out there talking about one problem that we solve and seeing the time to value be so quick and people really sort of establish what they can do. So, I mean, that's what excites me about Consolidator. It's also been nice to step into a Danish business um, and, you know, different culture, different working practices. So that's been really nice to sort of bring that to the UK team as well. Well, Leanne from Consolidator, it's been great to you today. Thank you for your time. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Success in Accounting. Improve your practice while decreasing how hard you work to make your firm really fly, really fly. It's the International Accounting Forum 2022. Rob Brown here for our Success in Accounting podcast. I'm thrilled to have with me today Andrew Leck from MSI Global Alliance. Hello, Andrew. Good afternoon, Rob. How are you doing? Good afternoon. We are great. You can feel the live vibe here, yeah, Andrew. Good. Yeah, it's great. Have you been to an event like this before? I've been in this, not in my MSI role, but I think in, in recent times as MSI, we've been coming back together. And I think, as you can hear in the background, the, the noise of the room is, is a nice thing to hear again. It is good to be back face to face, isn't it? Yeah, one of the best quotes from our recent conference in Lisbon said, I'm looking forward to being in a meeting where nobody has to say, you're on mute. It's a strange time. What have you picked up so far, Andrew, with your conversations with some of your peers and maybe even the vendors? I mean, I think the peer conversations are probably not surprising. There's been a whole lot of conversations about people, you know, and how people are struggling to recruit and all those things. But what I think is progressing is hearing people's approaches and solutions to that. 
So it's not saying it's really difficult for us, what should we do? It's more around we're actually starting to look at different solutions, we're trying things out. I think we've heard a lot today about the use of you know, social media profiles and different things and we've seen a lot of that for our members as well. So those things I, I think are, are more reassuring, it's not just it's quite difficult, it's more around let's look for, for solutions and share ideas. So it's peeking over the garden wall Andrew yeah. isn't it, getting that affirmation that what you're doing is working and getting some new ideas. I think that peeking over the wall is almost similar to people being back in the office mm. and actually learning from each other so that shared experience. So an event like this where peers and member firms are here and hearing different ideas of what they should be doing and you know debating different topics and I think that's one of the things about our own events recently have been good is we've created a lot of space for networking and discussions so not just talking heads from the front which are great and very educational and informative and insightful but actually sharing ideas and, and debating topics I think has been really important yeah. for us. And you're still relatively fairly new in your role. Nearly, nearly a year. Maybe, maybe by the time this goes out well, it will you be you made it your business Andrew haven't you to get out there and talk to your member yeah. firms and the managing partners and the senior people in firms. Yeah too. I mean I think the first half of the year so from July last year I spent like everyone else you know, doing lots of Zoom calls, but this year I've been managing to see members throughout Asia, North America, Europe, and be in Africa next month, and then in the US again later in the year, so it's, it's really good. What are member firms telling you about both the challenges they're facing and perhaps some of the opportunities on their desk right now? Well, I think as you say that, taking the, the opportunities first, we're seeing the, the fact that there is a lot of demand from clients and the diversification of offer, whether that's client accounting services, whether that's international growth, whether that's new service lines around technology, sustainability. So I think we're looking to see that. We're also, the outsourcing debate is continuing where some of our members, including some who are here today from India, are keen to talk more of our European, North American firms to perhaps demystify some of the outsourcing yeah. challenges. So. You know, lots of things and challenges, again, they go back to the, the point of people. You know, that it's a very competitive market and people are having to find different ways of trying to, to recruit. Yeah, and at MSI, you have a unique position in that you have a foot in the legal profession and a foot in the accounting profession. Are there any differences there or are the challenges not as much as the, the legal differences are probably around jurisdictional differences where, you know, likes of North America, there is a lot of, you know, referrals across the states and across, inter, you know, pan-national, you know, across Europe, again, it's international. Our accountants in the US can do pretty much everything in every state. So there's those areas, but they have the same people challenges. They have the same practice management challenges. They have the same issues around succession. You know, so these sharing, I think, is really valuable. And we, we do a lot of collaborative managing partner meetings across professions. It's not just the accountants and the lawyers, mm -hmm. it's them coming together. And the UK and I group is particularly successful at that. It's a very trusted community and they, they share open, open you know, challenges that mm -hmm. they're, they're dealing with and looking to each other for solutions. You've seen a lot of mergers and acquisitions, consolidation in professional services without revealing any proprietary conversations. Is that happening as well in the Networks Associations Alliance space? It's definitely. I mean, I think in our, if, if you speak to any association or network CEO, they, they'll say to you, particularly North America, the consolidation of those mid-tier firms is very real and it's very active. And if you look at the pipeline of firms coming through, that's a smaller, smaller group. And I think those firms who are left now as true independents are looking around and saying, what's next for us? And I think for us as associations, we're trying to support them as much as we can, that alignment, because they are 
some fantastic firms who offer great services to their clients. And therefore, how can we as an association support them as well as some of our larger firms? But yeah, it's definitely a, an area progressing. Probably we see more of that in the accounting firms and the legal firms at the moment. Yeah, you'll be familiar with the term future-proofing, Andrew. Yeah. There's a new term that's come out called disruption-proofing. Yeah. Do you think it's, there's such a thing as a professional firm that is disruption-proof? I just think you have to be progressive and you know I think I like we kind of use phrases in previous organization about being ahead of things you know that those progressive firms are looking at sustainability they're looking at technology they're looking at new service lines they're looking at you know maybe acquisitions themselves into different areas they're already there you know so I, I don't think anyone who is in that space is ever going to stand up and say we're there because you're just putting yourself up to be shot down, but I think those progressive, you know, leadership groups, managing partners are saying, right, we need to, you know, we need to keep growing because if you, you know, if, if you're a plant, if you're not growing, what are you doing? And there are some firms out there that don't belong to any association or yeah. network or alliance. Why is it dangerous for them to be on their own at this time? I, I don't think it's dangerous for them. I think it's a choice. And I think that for us, what we would see is a, is an additive thing for being part of a in our case a global community of lawyers and accountants you know who and I always say this to members coming in that we're a community and being part of a community means you need to participate as well as consume right. you know and so what do you add to the group and therefore if you're coming and we're just about to bring in two new members in Africa two new legal members and they're very keen to use MSI to help them grow but they bring service specialism they bring area specialism which will be very additive to to what we do so I think you always make your own choices and we would like to put a, an argument forward that it will be a better choice to be part of an association like MSI. Well, unwrap that a little bit for me. Tell me about the MSI value proposition. What are you excited about with what you're offering? I think what we're excited about is as we continue to give collaborative opportunities for our members to work across sector, across profession, you know, pan-nationally and internationally, you know, so we are there to enable, you know, collaboration between our members and all of a sudden for you overnight joining MSI to have access to thousands of lawyers, thousands of accountants across a hundred different locations, that's that's a, a really exciting prospect for a, for a firm of all size, mm -hmm. particularly if you haven't come from an association in the back, you know, in, historically. Does it feel like in your mind, Andrew, that the pandemic's over and we're in a new uh, regime now or it's still with us? I mean, I think, it, we are, I think it's probably more that issue that is, is going on and we see different variants and different points of different variants and I think our members in some parts of the world have had more restrictions so therefore the progression out of it has been slower you know and in some areas it's been quicker some areas have just perhaps not let it bother them the same way and we had a, a meeting with our UK and Australian managing partners group just a close regional group a couple of weeks ago and that question was asked in the UK and I we did this in Australia we did that what would you prefer you know and again it was different points so I, I don't think anyone in terms of would say it's ever going to be over but I think our firms and their clients are adapting to what that environment means we wouldn't have had an event like this mm -hmm. our conferences over the last couple of months we've had hundreds of people together that's that's a positive what have you learned about leadership over the last years you've come into MSI Global Alliance you're dealing with some big egos big personalities big firms big agendas Every day is a school day, right? So your experiential learning, cultural, different things. I mean, I've been privileged in my career to work across different professions in different countries. So in my own sort of leadership skills, I'm are being tested every day, as no doubt every leader in this room are. But I think it's being, you know, I'm very open 
you know, I'm very much relationship driven. I like to listen. We've had some challenges, you know, and we, 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 we've talked about in the past, you know, within, you know, Russia-Ukraine situation, we had to suspend our Russian members, which was a challenging decision, wow. you know, for that. And again, mm. having to make those decisions is, you know, day and daily in the business. You know, we're investing just now in technology, so picking the right partners. We're in a kind of strategy review at the moment, so there's a lot of good things, but that's what gets me up in the morning and gets me excited. Yeah, well, well just one last question, we'll let you get back to your session, Andrew. If we look ahead the next two or three years, let's say you and I are talking in 2025, we might not be in this venue, who, who knows, knows where we'll, we'll be. We'll, will we be holograms at that point, yeah. Rob? What do you think we'll be talking about? Can we say with any level of certainty what might be coming up over the next few years? I think it's the, the fact, the pace of change, they always say that change has never been so quick and it will never be so slow again. Mm. You know, I think that we see that people adapting, whether it's technology, whether it's around, you know, geopolitical issues, which will continue to go on. And, and I think it's, if, if COVID has taught us anything, is our ability to adapt and be resilient. And I think those firms who will continue to evolve and adapt have those attributes. You know, and as an association, we need to have those attributes as well and be ready for that change. So I think we will still be talking about technology change. I think we will still be talking about getting the right people to do it. And the, the services, I know we're in accounting today, but the, the services that we cover in professional services are still very people orientated. And that part about how you engage with your clients and be excited about their business opportunities and also demonstrate yourself to your future workforce. These are all people related issues, so that will still be very high on the agenda, but no doubt other things. And let's play it back in three years and see if we're all right. You sound excited though. You seem up for the fight. Every day, Rob. Every day. Love it. Andrew Leck from MSI Global Alliance. Thanks so much for your time today. Thanks, Rob. It's the International Accounting Forum, it's Red Brown here, host of the show. I'm thrilled to have with me today, Sarah Broderick from Circuit. Hello to you. Hello, how are you? This is great to be here. It is great to be here, isn't it? And it's nice to be back together because we've been isolated for too long with this COVID thing, haven't we? Yeah, being back in real life, that's what they say, it is a good thing. Yes, now this event, it's a collection of the good and the great, Sarah, isn't it? Why does Circuit show up to things like this? I think it's a great opportunity for us to be able to, one, talk with our customers who are using our platform every day, hear their real life stories as to what's going on with their customers, and then also to be able to um, meet other people who might be looking for products in the open banking side for their customers or their audit practices. It's also an opportunity to be able to meet people like yourself, uh, as well as listen to great panelists who are bringing forth insights about really knowledgeable information uh, and insights that we need to be able to share with our customers too. It's ticking all the boxes for you, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it really is. It's a great event. I think it was a great group of people who are brought together. The topics themselves are really, I think, impactful. Uh, and then also anybody who's here actually exhibiting as well, they're all at the forefront from a technological perspective for, for accounting and audit space. You bring up a really good point. We can f feel the live vibe around here as people are packing up. It's towards the end of the day, but there is a certain collaboration between vendors, providers of software, FinTech, Insane. Let's make the accounting profession better. Let's get together and see how we can serve these accountants better rather than it's your world, it's my world, it's the pies are set size and we can't collaborate. I think there was a good session earlier about how historically provide, or software distributors or software providers were actually trying to say we can do everything. And instead it was actually saying, you know what, we have a specific niche, we have a specific use case for whatever the product is, the problem that's actually being in you know, the accounting space itself is being addressed with one product, but they can work together. 
And I think that's where you actually see the power of all of the people coming together here and working together as well. Because we know like there are certain things I'm really good at, there are certain things you're going to be really good at. Let's bring our best and then provide that for the customers so that they can actually deliver the best to their clients. So for people that don't know, Sarah, what does Circuit do? Oh, so Circuit is a wonderful platform. Uh, we you have... would say that, though, of course. But... <laughs> well, I've, I've been around in the space for a bit of time, so I will say, like, I spent 10 years in the private equity industry back in the United States. I've also spent eight years here in Europe uh, in the software space, and it's been in the private equity or accounting side of things. And so for me, having joined Circuit four months ago, uh, I will say I really did join because there's a lot of different use cases for our products. There are six products within our platform. It initially started really with the confirmation request side of audit, but we have now open banking platform as well. So we're an open banking regulated platform. And what that means is we have a way to be able to bring in transactions from the banking side into our platform for auditors, accountants to be able to look at to validate what's been happening on the bank statement side of things. So really, Circuit is all about being able to validate those assets that are coming in at source. Um, so you can do that with the confirmation request. You can also then do that with the verified transactions or our verified analytics side now using the advances in technology that we have across regulatory platforms with open banking coming in too. And one might think audit's been the same as it's ever been, but there's a lot happening in the audit world, isn't there? There's so much happening, and it, yeah, and I know we have bad news that comes out all of the time, of course. However, there's also a lot of good news you never hear about. I feel like audit's one of those spaces uh, as well as accounting that if you do a good job and you're doing what you need to do for your customers, it's a bit thankless, right? You don't make the news, do you? No, you don't make the news, but that's yeah. a good thing, yeah. right? <laughs> because those bad stories are not symptomatic of the audit profession. Absolutely, yeah, it's, you know, what do they say, the, the one bad apple or something in that situation, or one bad situation that might have just compounded and compounded over time. And, and that's where it's, it's really tragic sometimes on, on the audit space that you end up getting a bad story. But the thing is, is that there are thousands of companies globally that have to be audited regularly. So that means there's lots of activity that happens regularly to make sure that actually happens well. So I think the thing that's really difficult is that when there's bad stuff that happens in the news, all that good stuff kind of gets thrown out, thrown out the window. Um, so I think systems like Circuit allow those auditors to be able to figure out a better workflow for their corporate customers and then also for their teams to deliver the best experience that they want to deliver to those customers. And then also our platform works on the provider side because when you're validating assets at source, you need to be working with the providers who actually are the ones who say, yeah, that asset's so owned by this company that you're working for or there are different processes within that to be able to actually bring all three parties together. And hopefully within that, we get more good news stories that are coming out, uh, or maybe solid reputations that continue to go forward for the audit profession, as well as the client sides too. And you talked to a lot of accountants, Sarah, you'll hear about this compliance advisory debate, the downward pressure on compliance fees, but audit remains the backbone of the accounting offering, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it really does. I mean, think about, um, it is a tried and true process. There's continual regulatory changes that are happening as well because technology, or actually not even just technology, our business practices are changing all of the time. So therefore, audit is now changing as well. But audit really, the reason why I'm so interested in this space is because I can see the impact of audit looking at the activities of those companies that are actually being audited. Those companies then have an impact across the companies they work with and the people who they employ and all of that. So there's. Audit is, is the piece that comes to the, you know, it, it is the look back over the year or the past period that they're actually looking back at to validate that those things actually happened and to call it maybe if it didn't. You know, there there is, um, 
there is a, a way for the auditors to be really good guys in certain ways, or good people, I should say, uh, to be able to actually flag out when there is an issue uh, and keep everybody on their toes, but also honest. And I think that's a good thing about the profession. Sure. Well, let's go off topic a little bit, Sarah. We've had some strong female voices today. Francesca Lagerberg, new CEO of Baker Tilly Global. We've had Sam Lewis speaking from Praxity. And now women coming into the accounting world, the networking association world, you're a young woman with a strong voice in the fintech world. It's predominantly a male-dominated environment. Just speak into that a little bit about what it's like for you and how much of an advocate you feel for the female side of things. Well, I think women have always been here. It's just a matter of whether you heard our voices. And I think that that's the biggest thing. Um, so, you know, commendments to the, the forum for bringing forth a lot of different voices up to the stage and really making sure that you know the panel sessions are actually uh, either equal in gender, uh, also bringing people of different diversity backgrounds as well and experiences. I think that that's the biggest thing is making sure that we bring forth the people who are doing the work and making sure that even if there are those people who maybe aren't the one you normally would ask to go and talk, ask them to do it. Like they'll more likely be able to like come up and actually talk to you. Might need a little bit of like a practice run to be able to get going, but you know, it's just like sport, right? You need to be able to practice a few times and then you show up for the game and you do what you need to do. So I think it's a great question. I just think the thing is, is that women are already there. Um, it's just a matter of putting them forth and making sure that their voices are being heard too. So you want to see people like you, female if you like, who are a little bit further down the road that it inspires you to step up and take these opportunities. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that we try to do at Circuit a lot is make sure that um, we bring forth everyone across all experience bases to actually be able to talk about their knowledge areas really. And I think it's really important to not just always look ahead at someone who's already been there. It's looking also back to say, you know, those people who maybe have a couple years of experience. I think one of the topics of conversation earlier was really around trainees. How do we make sure that those trainees who are digitally oriented actually come into the conversation as well? I think that's really important to make sure that you have not just diversity in, um, you know, maybe genders or ethnic backgrounds, but also around like age. So making sure that you bring a lot of different people into that equation. Kind of mixes things up a little bit when we talk about like partner programs or like those kinds of like business structures. But if we can kind of get out of our own maybe ecosystems of what we're used to and bring in a few people to have different conversations, it, it helps a bit. And I can definitely say like our team, we do this quite a bit. We're a very flat organization, so we try to make sure we get a lot of voices into the conversation. It's usually where some of the best ideas or alignment on risks or opportunities comes up too. What excites you most just finally, Sarah, about the next few years in the audit world? Oh, goodness. Um, I think a lot that's exciting me today is, is the open banking side. Yeah, um, it's I've a game been, changer, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. So I started my career in the private equity industry um, back in the States. And then when transitioned here into Europe and into the UK specifically, open banking has been coming up for the past five years, really. UK is the, the I guess, the, the ecosystem, or the, the initial kind of ground zero for, for a lot of best practices and how do we do things and that a lot of other countries are now emulating. For me, it's really exciting to now look back five years to see where we've gone to and where we are today is very exciting. I was super excited five years ago, and now I actually see things in action, and that means that there's just gonna be a compounded effect, really. So like something's already happening today, which means exponential growth can actually happen based upon other people taking up the opportunity and running with it. Uh, and I think that's really good. I, I like it specifically because I like audit in the fact that it's validating assets at source because there's honesty within that. I think there's transparency that comes through, and that is a positive thing. I think. 
we need that. We need that globally. And I think that that's the really exciting thing about open banking as well, is with the APIs that banks are now allowing other organizations to be able to get access to, there's an increase in transparency. That's a positive, I think, for everybody across the board. Well, Sarah Broderick of Survey Second, it's been great talking to you today. Thanks for you your time. You too, thank you. Improve your practice while decreasing how hard you work to make your firm really fly. Sponsored by Dext.